I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The first guest of the evening is truly a poet. He's an artist. He is a friend and an inspiration to anyone who I think who has ever played the guitar uh, or tried to write poetry. Would you please welcome Gordon Lightfoot. like to spend the afternoon approaching lavender, you'll feel just fine, but one thing's sure, you'll never be the same. If you'd like to try your hand at understanding lavender, then you must be very sure that life is not a game. This is Carefree Highway Revisited, the show that celebrates the work of Gordon Lightfoot song by song. I'm your host, Mike Messner, and along with me today is a fellow fan, Adele Shalifu. Adele, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having me. So I always start at the very beginning, which is how did you first get into Gordon Lightfoot's music? And what do you love the most about his music? Okay, so as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, I actually first heard my first Gordon Lightfoot song as a cover version. If you could read my mind, and it was like a disco-y kind of version, three ladies all decked out in glitter and the whole thing. So uh, that's actually my first song that I ever remember hearing. And then it wasn't until I became an adult that I really started getting into uh, folk music and Dylan. And then I absolutely love Canadian history. And he just happened. He just absolutely happened. And it's just so lyrically amazing. You know what to expect with Lord. So there's really nothing I don't like about his music, to be honest. I love all of it. Yeah, it is very hard to find any flaws in it and any flaws in any particular song, too. What's your experience with seeing Gordon live? Unfortunately, I've only seen him live once. And that's because I was in a, I was married to a military man. So we did move around a lot. So I didn't have a lot of um, opportunity to see Gord. My first time seeing him was with one of my best friends. Um, we actually call ourselves Gord's Girls. And we saw him in Barrie, Ontario. <laughs> Um, at a small venue in Georgian College in 2019. And it was just, I mean, I've seen a lot of concerts. I grew up with my parents as musicians and in bands. And, you know, they always played gigs and stuff on the weekends. And I've seen a lot, but this was just like no other. To see the legendary man himself get up on stage, grab his guitar and just... It was like you were seeing a piece of Canadiana. It was just, it was incredible. The crowd was amazing. He was so funny, personable, and he sounded incredible. His band was awesome, as always. And, you know, for being, I think he was 80 then when I saw him, it was phenomenal. It was just phenomenal. 
Uh, he sounded great. Between songs, he had little tidbits of information, and um, he told you some of the legends and the background of songs. How many people were at that concert? Oh, like a couple of hundred. It was in a, a, a college um, theater, so I don't think it was more than a thousand, if that. It was pretty intimate, pretty small. I would say maybe 500 or so. That's, to me, the best kind of venue for him, is to do theaters, clubs, things like that. He's definitely not a stadium rock guy. Let's take a look now at the song itself, Approaching Lavender, which is what we're going to be talking about today. The reason that I love this song, and I came back to it in preparing for this, I'd heard it once, but I hadn't heard it in quite a while, and then I listened back to it and I thought, I can't believe what I have been missing. It is mm -hmm. very repetitive musically. I mean, there's not like a, a middle eight, you know, he doesn't have a chorus verse kind <laughs> of structure to the song, mm -hmm. but it's very heartfelt. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't try to do a whole lot of complex musical things with it, but it's also, I think the thing that, and I think a reason a lot of people like it is that it's mysterious. You're not really sure who he's talking about. We'll talk about that in a second. So what, are those the same reasons you enjoy that song in particular? I remember hearing this song for the very first time on my vinyl copy of Sit Down Young Stranger. And I was just blown away. I mean, Gord's music is beautiful, but this song, I think to me, first of all, I was like, oh my God, did he write this about me? Do, do, we, <laughs> do Gord and I know each other here? You know, it's just beautiful. The chords are beautiful. His voice is just perfect in this song. And it, it's just so romantic. And you're right, it's mysterious. It's so full of beautiful classic Gord imagery of, you know, nature, which we all know Gord loves being in nature. We know he loves his beautiful ladies. So, you know, you can just almost perfectly visualize this gorgeous woman, you know, running in a meadow or something, <laughs> you know, just just spouting love songs to each other. I just think this is probably the most beautiful love song I have ever heard. And it never gets old. I, this was the very first song I sent to my um, spouse. Like, listen, if you want to know me, you need to listen to this song before anything. For me, I mean, the best setting for me to listen to this song would be on kind of where we're at right now. I mean, we're recording. It's about 2.30 in the afternoon in California where I am. And I guess it's about 5.30 in the afternoon where you are. And this is the perfect time because the song is talking about afternoon and you have an afternoon where the light is there. I mean, the sun is shining and you can see the everything with great clarity and you can see the lavender in the fields. Is that the same kind of time of day that would be the absolute best for you to listen to it? This song in particular, I think it just invokes hot summer perhaps she's in a sundress gourd's got a button-down shirt on you know maybe they're on the lake okay so let's talk a little bit about the genesis of the song or how <laughs> what the writing process for him was he hasn't gone on record a whole lot about the song and mm -hmm. I've never heard any definitive backstory, you know, that he's ever said, okay, well, it was about this person. Have you heard one or do you have a theory about who he was singing about? 
I have researched this and I've looked it up and there is literally nothing on this song, which is so, I guess, classic mysterious gourd, right? I personally think, so this was on the 1970 album. He was still married to Brita at the time. And we all know that, you know, she was beautiful. She was exotic. He was just so in love with her. So maybe it could be about her. Maybe it could also be, you know, their marriage was kind of falling apart, I think, by this time. So maybe it could have been about one of his other ladies he had in his life, you know? We just don't know. I mean, she must have been amazing. Or there might be even speculation that it could be maybe a lady he wanted to get to know better or, you know, someone who piqued his interest. But other than that, I have no idea. There has been nothing on this. The only speculation that I've heard about it is that, I mean, clearly Lavender is a woman. Um, Yes. Either a specific person that Gordon knew or that he wanted to know. Maybe Uh Lavender is just a metaphor of a woman who is, you know, she's very beautiful, but she has a very sharp tongue or there's, you know, little imperfections about her. It's about a man encountering a new lover and he realizes that if he commits to her or if he tries to come too close to her, he's going to be absolutely committed for life. He's going to be irrevocably. Someone suggested that it's about Gail Garnett and- Gail Garnett had a a hit way back, I think, when Gordon was just getting started. She's from either Australia or New Zealand, I forget where, but she had a song called We'll Sing in the Sunshine, and she and Gordon met up in San Francisco. I don't know when this was, but Mm. I do know that they had a fling, and she said, I gave him a necklace of olive green Peking beads. He told me I've been here in San Francisco for a few days and no one has given me any beads. And he seemed kind of hurt by it. So I gave him mine. Does uh-huh. that story make any sense to you? I mean, it definitely could. It definitely could. I don't know, though. It's so hard to say. I I'm not really sure it could be who knows how Gordon's mind works really you know it's so just creative and maybe she was absolutely stunningly beautiful and you know maybe you know he's we all know he's very um, inspired by nature and things in San Francisco on the ocean very well could be on a sandy beach absolutely as you said he's never really gone on record about it so maybe he just wants to maintain the enigma but who knows how his mind works So let's talk about the lyrics a little bit. You'd said that we were going to be talking about different pieces of it, but let's start from after the opening. You might even learn a thing or two approaching Lavender. You'll soon be on a one-night tour forgetting your own name. Now, Adele, that is a very common thing for men, you know, to (laughs) be so entranced by a woman. I mean, remember Bill Clinton, you know, the first time he met Hillary, she asked him his name and he couldn't remember his name. So I guess what I'm wondering is that ever happened to you or to any other women that you've known that you've been just so enamored with a man that you can't remember who what your name is? Maybe not my name, but I've definitely stumbled over words and kind of just made a fool out of myself. That's for sure. Just being so just like, oh, this creature is talking to me. So I can, I definitely have been there for sure. You know, especially maybe your first kind of puppy love or first kind of experiencing that the whole love thing for the first time oh I'm gonna marry him you know that whole thing um so I've definitely made a fool out of myself 
to yes. be honest, probably a few times. <laughs> I think we could probably all say that we've done that at some time or another. It goes on, you won't need a reason just to be alone with lavender for the light so warm and pure will draw you like a flame. The mm. metaphor there is really interesting because you know who or what is drawn to flames is moths, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. and what happens? They can get burned or they can get killed, you know, if yeah. they do that. So I'm wondering, is he fearful that if he gets too close to this person, he's going to either be hers trapped forever or he's going to get badly burned? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, you know, before you said that, I never actually thought of it that way. Maybe just because I absolutely love romance. I just, to me, it's like, you know, you're, you're picturing this woman who has such a pure heart, almost angelic, you know, she's so personable and she's so warm and she's so nice and she's so, you know, all of these amazing things. You know, we, I think we've all met someone like that where we're just immediately drawn to their vibes or their energy or, you know, there's something about it. So I like your interpretation though, because, you know, young Gord was not a big commitment kind of guy. So that makes a lot of sense. I, I love that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think a lot of men are very commitment shy for whatever reason. We're not going to get into the psychology of it, but I think he probably <laughs> fell into that category. The colors that surround you there will be the shade of lavender, shadows dancing everywhere like flowers in the rain. You will find your tongues on fire while lying next to lavender with words you never spoke before and will not speak again. And I think of this, and this is an experience I think a lot of us have had that we're in love, that we are so obsessed with this person and you want yeah. to make sure that they're not a figment of your imagination. So you just keep talking because you're Absolutely. afraid that if you stop talking that they'll disappear or they won't be impressed with you anymore. Or you really want to keep impressing them and make them laugh. So you just keep talking. Yeah. What do you think Absolutely. about that? I mean, I just think the last two verses are just... Like, like they're just so beautiful and poetic, you know, shadows dancing everywhere, like flowers in the rain, like cut it out, Gord, with your amazing <laughs> poetic brilliance, you know, like it's just like, who thinks of things like that? And the imagery, it's just so beautiful. And you'll find your tongues on fire while lying next to lavender. I feel like we've all been there. We've met that one just insanely magical person. And, you know, before you know it, you've been talking for 12 hours and you're like, oh shoot, I better like go to bed or get something to eat or something, you know? So that kind of is what it sounds like to me that's what it feels like you know they're getting along so great they're vibing their energies are meshing you know that whole thing and you know I think we've all been there where we've spoken words that we never thought we would say probably the cheesiest things in the whole entire world out of a rom-com movie or something yeah. you know and you probably won't ever say them again because you look back and you're like oh did I really say that? Stop, you know, yeah. kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I think we've definitely been there, but I feel like it's very much like they're just driving. Their energies are just kind of like one at that point. Yeah, and I, I like the way that you described that, you know, that you end up talking to this person, you lose all track of time. And yeah. he doesn't mention losing track of time, but he might as well have. I mean, I know that the very first phone call I ever had with Nancy, my wife, we were, it was supposed to be like a 30 minute conversation and it stretched into like four hours. Wow. So, so that's, you know, I, I think it's something else. Another common thing going on says, 
Oh, sweet lavender, I understand you perfectly. There is no way that I can see you living by yourself. Oh, sweet lavender, I must be with you constantly. Your presence means so much to me, much more than life itself. If that isn't puppy love, I don't know what is. I know. And he either wants to marry her or at least he wants to leave everything behind, you know, just so that he can be with her. And Absolutely. it's a great ideal of love, but it makes me think that Gord, and who knows, like you said, you know, what's going on, but it just seems like Gord has not known this person very long. His heart is doing all the talking. And so his head hasn't been able to step in and say, hey, at some point, you're going to have to, you know, come back down to earth here. Absolutely. Oh, it's good. That's one of his album names. I like it. It's good. Back here on earth. Um, yeah. Um, I totally agree. And it's interesting before you said puppy love, I never put that together either. Um, when I met my spouse, this is exactly it. We've been together constantly um, for a year and a half every day and we haven't got sick of each other yet. You know, like it's so funny. I never think of it. And I, I hate when he's not around. He hates when I'm not around, you know, it's almost like painful when I have to do something by myself, like, Oh man, it's funny. It's almost like it's just it's puppy love, but could also be like that one true love as well, where you never get sick of each other. I mean, maybe sometimes they annoy you. Yes. But, you know, on the whole, you'd rather be with them than not or be with them than be alone. Yeah, he's his head. His head is in the clouds. That is for sure. Stephen Stills, who is probably my favorite of any American singer songwriter, said it best. And he said, there are three things that men can do with women. They can love them, they can suffer for them, or they can turn them into great literature. And it sounds like Gordon may be doing all three, or he's certainly done all three in his life. But right here, it seems almost like he's about to do at least two out of the three. We'll be right back to our conversation with Adele Shalifu about approaching Lavender. But first, a word from one of our partners. Hi, this is Audie Martello, the host of the Mostly Folk Podcast, a 60-minute foray into the music we all love. You will hear newly released albums, classic folk, country, and bluegrass music, as well as some traditional music that may or may not be true to the genre. Sometimes irreverent, often opinionated, but always entertaining. You may even hear a radio magic trick every so often, as well as numerous interviews via Zoom and telephone with established as well as indie artists. Mostly Folk is available wherever you listen to podcasts and always at mostlyfolk.org. And then he goes on and says, Oh, sweet lavender, as fragrant as the name you bear, please cast away the clothes you wear and give your love to me. Oh, sweet lavender, your smile is like the golden sun. I'd love to see you laugh and run as naked as the sea. Now, this is erotic stuff, but it's certainly not pornographic. It's not dirty. It's not smutty. You know, it's not hardcore. He clearly wants this woman sexually, but he writes it in such a way that I can't imagine the two of them uh, making love. I can only see him just focusing as if he was painting a nude of her, you know? 
Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard this song and these, um, these two came up, I was just like, what? excuse me Mr. Lightfoot what'd you say to me you know like it's like it's so beautiful you're right it is erotic but it's respectful and it's it's beautiful you're right it is like painting you know a beautiful portrait it's just I can definitely see them together for sure I think if any man whispered this to any woman I mean it's a pretty sure deal I think at that point right like it's just so romantic and it would knock the socks off of any woman hearing that, you know, getting whispered into your ear. I think it's just, it's beautiful. The imagery is gorgeous. It's tactfully done. You know, it's a very gourd and it's, it shows his very sensual, almost kind of manly boyish side. I think it's probably two of the best verses in the song. It's, they're just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, he does it so perfectly. I mean, he, he's lusting, but it's not the kind of lust that you'd see in something in a plain brown wrapper, you know, that this is something, you know, and then if you'd like to spend the afternoon approaching Lavender, don't try and get the best of her. She will not share the blame. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's warning himself. This is where, you know, he's being cerebral here for about five seconds mm-hmm. that <laughs> he's warning himself or maybe he's warning someone else that this woman is going to be absolutely, utterly captivating, the most compelling force that he's ever seen. And if he falls for her, he's stuck forever. And he will not have been able to say, I had no idea this was going to happen. So he seems like almost he's warning himself be careful what you wish for. Absolutely. I love your interpretation of that verse because I've listened to this song a bazillion times and I have never been able to unscramble this verse. It's so mysterious. And, you know, you're thinking, what does he mean? You know, like she will not share the blame, you know, for what, for him falling in love with her, for her being so magical, for, is she just so unapologetic? She's totally, completely womanly and feminine. And what is it, Gord? What is it? And it keeps me coming back for more because I just, I can't unpack it. It's just so mysterious. It's so lightfoot. Like it's quintessential lightfoot, if you ask me. But I do like your interpretation of it. You know, Adele, as we're talking about it, it is the absolute opposite of that's what you get for loving me. You know, I can't think two songs and I'm going to be doing for loving me on my next show, the next episode of the show. Uh, And so it's kind of funny that we have, you know, this one and then the absolute antithesis, which is this cynical, you know, person walking and went away from saying, yeah, you knew what was going on. Um, And I don't know when, in what context he wrote these songs, whether they were close to each other, but it would be fun to to look at. And then that would be interesting. Yeah. And then he wraps up by saying, if you'd like to try your hand at understanding Lavender, then you must be very sure that life is not a game. There is no shame. I have never been able to figure out that last just little tag there. I think it's great that he did it. And I think it was probably because this song has been going on with the same pattern for so long. He wanted to throw in just one little thing at the very end before before it ends completely. Any thoughts? I really feel like, you know, throughout this whole song, you get this image and this picture of this woman who must be gorgeous and absolutely magical and stunning and urethral and angelic and all these amazing things. But I feel like this one verse shows us that she's all of those amazing things, but she's also quite serious, whether she's serious about life 
whether she's serious about love. I think this woman is a free spirit and magical and all these things, but I feel like this verse tells us that, you know, she doesn't take things for granted. You know, she takes life pretty seriously and she takes her love and maybe her family, her friends, you know, that sort of thing and um, seriously. So I feel like maybe he's saying, you know, there is no shame in absolutely head over heels falling in love with someone like that or there is no shame that you know you can be all of these things kind of rolled into one it's an enigma like Gord is it's just you know those last two verses are just there's so much to unpack and he's the only one that can unpack it for us unfortunately which I don't think we'll ever get but yeah Yeah, he hasn't done it so mystery yeah he hasn't done I know I don't think he is yeah I don't think he either Yeah. And that gets us to the end of the lyrics. So now let's take a look at the music. The song, as you said, was on his sixth album. uh, And it was the Sit Down Young Stranger album, which was then renamed If You Can Read My Mind once they realized that that song is going to become, you know, this mega hit. There is one thing about the song musically that I don't like. One thing I don't care for, that there are just a couple of places where the strings, Randy Newman's string arrangement, it was just too, it was too discordant. It was too dramatic. It was too over the top. And there were only one or two spots where I thought, you know, you really could have backed that off a little bit, whoever was doing the production. Is there any part of this? I mean, is that something you agree with or do the strings bother you or? I respectfully disagree. I think this song is so beautifully dramatic in its own way. I think it's perfect. I love the composition. You know, Gord wasn't one to use, you know, he's not a fancy guy. He didn't even have a drummer for the longest time. So for them to throw in some strings, I can't imagine this song just being sung acoustically or, you know, anything like that. I, I don't think it would have quite the same feeling or it would invoke quite the same things if it didn't have all those dramatic strings I feel like Lavender is such a mystery dramatic lovely lady I think it's perfect I I love what they did with it I love the drama I I think it would have I mean if we were if you were in a small club in Toronto when he was just starting off you know Mm -hmm. if it was just Gord and Red and John Stockfish Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it would have had the same kind of impact. It wouldn't have been as dramatic, but it still would have been just as beautiful. Um, I would have loved to hear that. Yeah, I would. I can't even imagine that. That would be so wonderful to hear. But it is interesting. You talked about him being stripped down. Yeah, there was no drummer on live performances for a very, very long time. And I think Jim Gordon finally got to do some of the sessions in the mid 70s and then before he was unfortunately put in prison but on the record you know it's just gourd and red rick haynes was playing bass i guess stockfish had left by that time and randy newman i mean that's it that was the whole that was everything i don't know who actually played the violin and the cello and all that stuff but nobody else is credited to that that's true yeah i haven't read anything about i don't know if it was maybe Toronto Orchestra or yeah, I've never, it's a good point. I've never, it's so mysterious. It's all just one big mystery. Yep. Now here's the place that I ask my, all of my guests. And if you've know the answer to this, don't give it away, but how many times has Gordon Lightfoot played this song in concert? I know the answer. I'm going to say big, big fat zero. You never are won. correct, Miss Chalifu. Yes, he has never <laughs> played the song live in concert, as far uh-huh. as anybody knows. Now, my question is why? 
because as I said, I mean, if it was just two guitars and bass, he could have, I, I agree that it might be a little too stripped down if it was just Gord going out with an acoustic guitar, although I would still like to hear that, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure why he's never played it in concert. Do you have any thoughts? I've heard him say once, or I read in um, an interview or something, something, something that he had tried, they had tried to come up with an arrangement um, because as you know, Gord um, shortens a lot of his songs for concert, so he can fit a lot of them in. Um, and they could just never get it right. They could never get the feeling right, or maybe the, you know, the composition right. So I have heard him say that. It just never worked out. I can understand. I mean, Gord's mind works the way it does. He obviously has very high standards for his songs. So if he doesn't feel like he can produce the right sound in concert, then he certainly is not stuck for material. He's got lots of other things <laughs> he can choose. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about the success of the song and of the record. Okay, Sit Down, Young Stranger, or If You Could Read My Mind. It went gold in the US and Canada and Australia. It's his bestseller of original material. Oh. Uh, yeah. The album, it got to 20 in Australia, if you look at the Kent Music Report when it first came out. It went to number eight on the Canadian RPM top albums. It was number 12 on the US Billboard 200, and it was number 30 in the UK. Now, some people might look at that and say, well, okay, that's not, you know, how impressive is that? But keep in mind that this is, what, 1970? Yep. So, I mean, this is at a time when there is enormous change in the rock world. You know, the, mm -hmm. the Beatles have broken up. Jimi Hendrix is, you know, has left the experience. You know, mm -hmm. Eric Clapton is looking for a new way to, you know, express himself. Led Zeppelin's getting started. You know, yeah. I mean, this is uh, Simon and Garfunkel are breaking up. CSNY is coming along. I mean, this is just a time where things are changing everywhere you look. And yet Absolutely. here comes these beautiful love songs. And then the single, this is only the second song that I've done on the show that has been released as a single. And it made it to number 20 on the Canadian adult contemporary chart. So it, okay. ob he obviously was getting some listeners in his home country. Yeah. Uh -huh. Interesting. I, I, I actually didn't know any of that. Um, I mean, this album is phenomenal. I mean, you have me and Bobby McGee. You obviously have, if you could read my mind, everyone loves it. But, you know, he has some amazing love songs on here. And I'm really surprised. I'm surprised that they even released it. I mean, especially with, you know, the war in Vietnam going on so strongly at that time. Um, you know, you have such an amazing, somewhat protest song, Sit Down, Young Stranger. Maybe the world just needed a little love song, you know, maybe the world needed a little bit of love at that time. Well, certainly Paul McCartney thought so, because that's what he went off and did for a lot of the 70s. But, Absolutely. you know, that that brings me to another topic, Adele, and that is that there have been only three artists that have ever tried to cover the song. And none of them are familiar to me, but there's John Arpin, J.P. Cornier and John Laws. I have never heard of them. I am not a fan of cover songs, unless I'm singing it myself. I mean, obviously, but I have never heard this song done by anybody else. And I've been thinking about this. I've been mulling this over in my head, you know, like who would I want to hear do a cover of this? If there was someone out, if I could pick anybody. And I honestly don't know. 
if I would want to hear a cover by anybody else, I don't know if there's anybody else out there who could do it as much justice as Gore did and his voice. I really, I just, I really don't think that there is that person. You know, that may be the reason why so few people have tried to cover it because when he breaks the mold, you know, in writing his own stuff, then yeah. how on earth can you follow that up? I can tell you that Gord actually did the best cover of me and Bobby McGee that I have ever heard. Um, I agree. With all due respect 100%. to Janis Joplin, God rest her soul. Yes. You know, I, I liked this. I liked Gord's version of that better than the original. I liked it better than Janice's. So, you know, it, it covers me, you know, and Gordon is not known for doing covers of other people's songs, but he did a beautiful job on this one. I agree. Uh, and he has done some Dylan covers as well. And, you know, he he's he's done it beautifully. Um, I've thought about like, huh, maybe Dylan doing a cover of it, but I just can't see it. I cannot see it whatsoever um, for Dylan doing, you know, cover of Approaching Lavender. I just I don't know. I think if anyone, maybe a female artist, but even then, I don't know if that would take away from the, the majesty and like the greatness of the song. I mean, he, it, it says something that even Gord can't do it. You know, he doesn't feel like he can do it justice in person in concert. So it's a big song. I, if I was an artist, I would be afraid to touch it too. Yeah, I really had to think very hard about who I would like to hear do this. And I have a few ideas. You may not like any of them. Okay, I'd kind of <laughs> like to hear Darius Rucker try it. Uh, okay. um, I'd like to hear Adam Lambert try it. Interesting. Okay. And maybe, yeah. Ken, and maybe Kenny Chesney. And that's about it. I can't hear anybody else really doing it interesting i would i would hear adam lambert i mean that voice those pipes of his i would love to hear that mm -hmm. oh i like that adam lambert okay let's send him an email get him on it well let's get him to subscribe to this podcast <laughs> let's do it <laughs> adele are there any other things as we're kind of wrapping up here and i should mention that there's going to be another gordon lightfoot fan entering the world in about two months is that right Absolutely. Little baby Gordy uh, will be here very soon, probably sooner than that with the way things are going. It is a little boy and his name will be Gordon. No one else agrees with me, but hey, I'm the one making it. I'm the one toting it. So little baby Gordy, uh, he will have a picture of his namesake. And, you know, they say at this point that babies will recognize um, songs that you sing them and that they hear often. So I'm singing him lots of Gord. He's getting all the gourd. You know, it's you. funny that you mentioned that. And this is a good way for us to wrap up here is that one of the songs that I sang to my son before he was born was The Pony Man. And oh. he didn't remember that song, but I can tell you that he grew up loving Gordon Lightfoot's music. And when I would pick him up from kindergarten, he would always want to hear Carefree Highway. And he wanted to hear that for oh. four months at a time. Uh, oh to oh, school and from school. So yeah, very sweet. Adele well, Shalifu, you have been a joy to talk with and happy delivery. And oh. you know, when the blessed event happens and maybe a few months after uh, you've been a mom, we can have you back on to talk about another of Gordon's songs. You know, that would be great. I did just buy my tickets to see Gord in perform Massey Hall in November. So I would love to reconvene after that to see Gordon in place. And maybe we could talk about that. That would be wonderful. Sounds great. Well, anyway, again, Adele Shalifu, thank you very much. 
And thanks for listening, everybody. If you liked this well enough to listen to the whole thing, tell somebody about it. Carefree Highway Revisited is on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach me, Mike Messner, at teachermike72 at gmail.com. Our next episode will be coming out the week of August 8th, and it'll feature my good friend Kevin McClear from his home in Alaska, and he'll be discussing with me Gordon's song, For Love and Me. So until next time, this is Michael Messner reminding you, run for the roses, but don't forget to stop and stop. See you next time. If you like to spend an afternoon approaching lavender, you'll feel just fine, but one thing sure, you'll never be the same. If you'd like to try your hand at understanding lavender, then you must be very sure that life is not a game. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.